You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 282 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. You might hear in the background, it is absolutely bucketing down, and I'm in the middle of a, a like, there's a thunderstorm happening wow. as well. It, it is pouring with rain, or there is actually a uh, another technical term, and I'll go early with my Aussie slang term of the week. Yeah. Uh, we refer to this kind of rain in Australia as it is absolutely pissing down <laughs> with rain, uh, yes. which is a good thing because uh, it's cleaned up the air, gotten rid of a lot of the uh, smoke from the fires so I'm just hoping now that it moves across the state and uh, puts out all the fires that'd be amazing but it is a yes. beautiful sight to behold this gorgeous gorgeous rain. Well let's just hope it does move across the state to the areas that are actually on fire mm. because you we, you and I don't need it where we are mm. but um, yeah a lot of other places need it a lot more than, than we do. Mm. But interesting the Aussie slang of the week, the early Aussie slang of the week, pissing down, <laughs> meaning raining really, really hard. Um, I once had to email a friend of mine who worked for American Express and we were arranging to catch up after work and so I emailed him and I was saying, oh, yeah, but it's pissing down right now and his uh, company – firewall blocked my email because <laughs> I'm like, why isn't he responding? And I'm ringing him going, I didn't get that miss. And so we did a few tests and it was the words pissing down that oh, uh, inappropriate fell. Apparently maybe it's like, it's not inappropriate in Australia. No. It's a really normal thing yes. to say in Australia. Yes. Um, but uh, I guess, they had some keywords in there that they thought that they would program to block some emails, and that was obviously one of them. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, it is bucketing down is another way, or raining cats and dogs. I don't know yes. any other ways of saying it, but it's 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 beautiful. So um, I'm excited for this week's episode, Val. We're um, talking about how to create a six-figure portrait business with guest Sean Brown. But I've got Fantastic. a pro tip of the week that I want to share oh, with the listeners on. before we yeah. start. So this tip. is um, so uh, a lot of my work involves going into people's homes and often, uh, you know, bringing my gear, tripods, light stands, and all of that. And I do. Um, try and have like little rubber feet on my light stands uh, and tripod so I'm not ruining the floor but even the rubber feet uh, little little caps that you can put on your stands can can cause damage to expensive floors so the workaround that I've discovered and this is from um, uh, working with film crews is what they do is they get tennis balls 
like you just buy yourself a, a pack of cheap you don't have to get the good ones that bounce really well that uh, you know champion players use um, Ash Barty like our Aussie champion at the moment but like you don't need that quality you just need the you know the, the um, dollar shop tennis balls that you give them uh, to your yes. dog and uh, he'll eat it disintegrate it in half a second that that'll do and you just cut um, with a, a sharp knife just cut across into the top of it and then you can slip that onto the end of either your tripod legs or light stands and then what you've got is this beautiful little soft um, cushion for your light stands and tripods so you can even uh, drag drag the tripods or light stands around and you're never going to damage or scuff those floors it's yeah, very right. handy little that's and that's really and, good and the other thing is because i've got a um like a boom uh, a large boom and a um uh, another like a C stand that uh, goes across the back behind the back two seats of my car, and mm -hmm. uh, that one of the stands is just like just a couple of centimeters too long, kind of. So every time I shut the door, I've kind of got to force it shut, and I've noticed that it's uh, kind of putting some dings on the interior of my car. So this is also a way that you can protect the interior of your car if you're you know putting light stands and things like that and they're getting um knocking up against uh the doors or the backs of seats and you don't want to scratch up your upholstery or or anything like that just use a tennis ball on the end of uh the the stands to protect them and uh your car interior i like it i like it thanks for the pro tip of no the worries, week <laughs> well what else has been happening in gina world anyway so i've been working uh i'm in pre-production for a cover shoot uh so that's uh that's that's all going well just getting all the um specs together for that and also been working on tutorials for the gold members so we're working on a tutorial using gels so like everything you need to know about working with gels because shooting with gels can add a real sort of sexiness that's a technical mm. term isn't it yeah, to your good, to your images and lift the images not just when you're using uh, flash on camera for speed lights but also to add color to the background uh, and you can really give uh, your images a cinematic look so I'll take you through all the ins and outs of that and uh, I've also been working on some new tutorials on uh, connecting with your model and some mm. more posing and directing ones with some uh, new techniques that uh, I want to share with the Goldies. Fantastic. And if you're interested in becoming one of the Gold members in Gina's community, it's such a great uh, membership to be part of. So much useful support and information and resources at your fingertips. And you get to ask Gina all sorts of questions about your photographs and about photography. And um, it's great to see so many people in there who are so supportive. If you want to find out a bit more about it, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold Community. One of the great things about being part of the community is exactly that, the community. The feedback and support you get from fellow members of the Gold Community at ginamilitia.com is invaluable. I asked Natalie Ord about this. What has your experience been with the Gold Community and uh, what advice would you have for any of the uh, listeners who might be thinking about joining? Uh, well... 
it's been great having all of your uh, tutorials to access but again um, some of the work for me I've got to keep it somewhat confidential and because it's a closed community I can put it up there and get feedback for people yeah. so I yeah. love that yeah um, so that is really helpful because often when you're staring at things for a while you, you can't see things you're just having that different perspective but the, the range of skills that people are in the gold community is fantastic. So, and you learn from everyone regardless of their skill level. Thanks to you and Val and the rest of the community for just being so generous with your time and your knowledge. It really, really is amazing. It's like no other place. So thank you so much. It's uh, a credit to you guys and my work and my uh, growth is attributed to participating in the community. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, just go to ginamilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so this week we're talking about how to create a six-figure portrait business with guest Sean Brown. What has Sean got to say, Gina? Yeah, well, so uh, Sean Brown is a portrait photographer and he specialises in senior portraits or for our Australian listeners and other listeners in the world who are not sure what senior portraits are, it's not photographing older citizens. It's actually photographing teenagers who are about to graduate which is huge in the States and I think uh, it'll be the next big thing here. I think everyone should jump on so I think um, it's a great idea. So uh, even if you don't photograph senior portraits you will be photographing teens and influencers, business people, any of your portrait photography there a lot of the tips that Sean shares in this episode are going to help you finding new clients and connecting and growing your business so he shares some fantastic tips that can be applied to any genre of photography including um, you know the importance of playing the long game how he finds his models and when I say model it's uh, not necessarily a model that you would uh, a supermodel but just anyone that you photograph uh, and how he finds people to photograph to build his portfolio and then he walks us through a typical shoot and uh, talks about how he plans uh, how uh, and why he he reckons that mums make the best lighting assistants and then he goes into the psychology of pricing photographs and uh, why you should position yourself at the higher end of the market and uh, the importance of creating a luxury experience for your clients. And uh, this, this little tip is fantastic, how he sets up a referral program to get continual work and new clients mm. and uh, all, all the sort of stuff that he does to save time, uh, outsourcing his editing. And uh, he also talks about how he uses TikTok to uh, market to clients, which is really interesting. So he runs us through step-by-step step on how he does that and uh, heaps, heaps more, Val. Shall we have a listen? Absolutely. So let's have a listen to Sean Brown. Sean Brown, welcome to the show. How are you going? Thanks so much for having me, Gina. How are you guys doing today? We're good. I'm excited to chat to you today. Before we start, I ask my guess the same question. Where in the world are you? I am in the beautiful Pacific Northwest of the United States. So I'm in Portland, Oregon, which is about three hours south of Seattle for all you international 
international listeners, you probably may or may not have heard of Portland, but um, blessed to be in one of the most gorgeous parts of the U.S., in my opinion. Fantastic. That's uh, a little corner of the States that I haven't gotten to yet, but definitely uh, on my list. So looking forward to checking it all out. All right. So uh, you do some amazing work with uh, senior portraits and, uh, you know, your business is very successful. How, how did you get started? Yeah. So when we say senior portraits, um, it's a little bit different in the United States where that's kind of like the almost like the ceremony it's the fate that you know the adulting kind of going into the adult world senior portraits is a rite of passage really and it's not elderly people or anything like that i sometimes get asked if you know if the senior living care facilities are <laughs> a good market for senior portraits and it's a little but different it is high school seniors or 12th year i think as you guys call them yeah but i really started out as not ever intending to be a photographer. So I, I went to school, uh, university intending to be a doctor. I wanted to be a cardiologist and graduated with a biochemistry degree, but life kind of took a different turn for me. And it was about my freshman year or year one when one of my friends just asks, Hey, you have a camera. I need senior portrait would you like to take them for me? And at the time I had dabbled in landscape photography and travel photography, but I'd never taken portraits. So of course my response is, yeah, cause that's a lot like landscape photography, right? Yeah. It's a lot different. <laughs> and I just fell in love with getting to interact with, with people and getting to tell their stories and really just seeing their outlooks on life and the future. Cause it's a stage in life where you're going from, high school to really the the world the world you can travel it or you can go into education or whatever you want to do so it's there's so many ambitions that these young individuals have and so i really fell in love with that side of it and first year you know you start out just kind of learning your camera a little bit and learning how to pose learning how to direct and then one day it kind of clicked and i said you know what this actually could be a thing so Really, my second year in business, I, I completely learned how to rebrand myself, raise my prices, um, really just focused on the business side of things. And before I knew it, my third year, I was questioning whether I wanted to be a doctor anymore. And as I got out of college, I really made the decision that, you know, there's always my degree to fall back on. Mm. But if I don't take this opportunity now, then, you know, I might not ever get to take that chance again. And so I decided to go all in photography. And, you know, seven, eight years later, I'm doing portraits for a living, which I never thought I would and getting to meet incredible individuals, being able to capture their personality and just build confidence in these teens when we live in such a crazy world where social media oftentimes tears them down. So being able to see a positive impact on them is really one of the things that I love and that's kept me going along the years. So when you made that decision to uh, ditch the medical career and do photography instead, what was your family's reaction? You know, I that's a fantastic question. I was in a position that was very fortunate where, you know, of course, they always instilled in me that education is key. And I think that that's true mm. for for any genre that you're in um, or any 
career that you have. But one of the things that they were really supportive of was also my decision to, after school, take on a different career path than the one that really I had intended to do for the majority of my life. I had always thought that, you know, I was good at science and I enjoyed it. And so the medical school route was the way to go. Um, but I was very lucky that they were super fortunate and understanding. And there was never a time where it was, you have to do this. And so I think that that's different than maybe a lot of younger individuals who their parents say, you know, this is kind of the route you go. Um, and that sort of thing. So I was very fortunate, but I think it's also similar to a lot of photographers that are stuck in their day jobs where there are a lot of fears. Like I had fear and anxiety just going into this because it's like, you know, you don't know where your next client's going to come from. And um, so I do think that it's, you know, having that support is is crucial as you kind of pivot or go in this different direction that you really didn't intend to go or just that you feel life is pulling you. Yeah, that's that's uh, so true. Um, just on that that fear, what what do you do to um, deal with that, uh, particularly in the uh, the earlier years where yes, you're wondering uh, where the next job is coming from. What 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 sort of uh, tactics did you have to tackle that? I think that the biggest tactic is just really just valuing valuing yourself. So. If you want to do photography, then really thinking about it from a business aspect where you need to be able to first, you need to be able to bring the income that your family or yourself need in. So, you know, pricing yourself correctly and branding yourself, I think, is one way to ensure that when you are working, that you're being paid and you're being valued by by your clients. But I think the other one is just, you know, building a you know, having a framework in order to be able to step out of what you're currently doing into photography. So for me, what that essentially looked like was me putting in tons of hours while I was also going to school as a full-time student, not to mention in the city where my clients aren't even in. So it was spending time traveling, it was putting in that work, but what it did was it allowed me to step into photography in a more stable position. So for maybe somebody who's working a nine to five or a part-time job, maybe that's not, you know, you don't have to quit your job immediately or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but figure out ways, you know, working to establish your business before stepping out. So I think that that helps alleviate the fears as well. But I think the biggest motivator for me was really just looking at myself and saying, what am I going to see, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road in myself if I don't take this leap? And if I don't kind of seize life by the, the grab life by the horns or whatever the phrase you want to, to say, you have to kind of look at yourself and say, what will I reflect? What will it look like for me in 40 years if I don't do this or 20 years or whatever? You want to make sure that you're taking the leaps that ultimately put you in a position where you feel like you made the right choice. And I think that was wasn't necessarily kind of a, a tactic to combat the fear, but it was almost a motivator in a lot of ways that outweighed the fear of doing something unknown. I love that. I love the what if questions because uh, it allows you to picture yourself uh, in the future and is that something that you want? So you could sit there and say, okay, I can keep going as I am unhappy in my job, uh, but it's safe. And then you fast forward to 30 years and, uh, you, you know, you missed out on that opportunity. So uh, I think that's a, that's a great approach, Sean. 
Um, I want to go back to how you uh, got started and grew the business. So after you just, you know, started dabbling around in those early years, how did you go from from there, just uh, photographing the odd friend, to uh, developing a, a business? What what did you do? How did that look like? How did you find? How did you build your folio? Yeah, absolutely. So in the beginning, it was just a lot of shooting and as beginning photographers that portfolio is key you know you come up to somebody and you're like hey I'm a photographer and the first thing they ask is you know what's your Instagram or what's your portfolio website and that sort of thing so having that portfolio was really key and what I did in the beginning stages was really just connecting with anyone and everyone who might have a a high school senior that I could photograph so I reached out to friends and family members, um, contacted a lot of high schools. So asking the coach of the volleyball team or whatever sport is popular where you are, asking them, letting them know you're a photographer and asking if they have anyone that is really a deserving individual for a free shoot. And really these are just kind of model calls, which I'm never against doing free work in the beginning, just because I think that you learn so much and there's less pressure on you and there's more opportunity to be creative and shoot what you want to rather than being commissioned, which Mm. I think is really kind of a a big aspect to setting your style uh, in the direction that you want it to go versus, you know, if somebody wants to wear a crazy hat or whatever in their photos, but that's not your style. Well, with the, the model calls as or reaching out to clients to build your portfolio, I think that that's a great opportunity. And when I I say models, these are just regular high school students. Yeah. So we refer to them as model calls in the photography industry, but this could be any, any high school senior. Uh, And then once I kind of had a portfolio, one of the things that was really pivotal to my business was a program called like a senior rep team or an ambassador program, a model crew, whatever you want to call it. And essentially what that is, is just a group of, of individuals who are all going to be seniors. So this would be that I kind of start working with them their junior year or their 11th grade year. And I have them up until their senior portraits. But what this is, is it's a group where all of a sudden you have a built-in crew for models. So you don't have to worry about sourcing for shoots. Right. Couple, you know, couple shoots that are styled and then in turn for you giving them free shoots, they're actually going to help you market with your images. So they're going to be posting to social media, sending them off to their friends, that sort of thing. But they're also gonna be paying clients for you. So now what you've done is you have kind of a built-in clientele group. So you're giving a lot of value in terms of group activities or those free shoots like I mentioned. Maybe you guys are doing service projects, community service together, and you're really building that community. Yeah. And so that was really pivotal is starting that and just reaching out to people on social media. And then kind of the third thing was I keep going back to, you know, value valuing yourself through both your pricing, but also your brand. So that was something I was very conscious of in the beginning is I wanted my brand to be a high end luxury brand. I didn't want it to be, you know, Joe Schmo from down the street with a camera When you looked at my work, I wanted it to have a very cohesive feel. I also wanted to make sure that you knew you were getting 
quality products with your photos or with your, you know, your purchase. I didn't want to be the photographer that just hands you a disc of images. So I made products a very important element of, of my business model in person sales, which in, I'm not sure how it is down in Australia, but a lot of photographers here are still not doing in person sales, yeah. which blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, cause they're leaving so much on the table yeah. and yeah, really a service to their clients. But those are kind of the three things is, you know, building up your portfolio in the beginning is crucial. Once you have that portfolio, establishing a senior rep or ambassador program to help you market kind of almost like influencer marketing in a way, but then also making sure you have that brand in place. So that's kind of the three main things that I would say kind of boiling it down to really how I got to where I am today. Great. All right. So just going back to um, building that folio, when you put out the model call, where is, uh, hang on, I want to go back another step first. Uh, So when you initially like launched, did you uh, go out and uh, set up a fancy website and Instagram or did you start with Instagram and build the website later? Did you have everything in place first? That's a really fantastic question. And I'm probably one of the people that almost did it backwards. So I actually didn't have an Instagram for like the first year that I was in business, which is wild. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually started, I would call it less than a fancy website. It wasn't that fancy at all. It was, I think I had maybe two pages on the website where you went to the portfolio and then you could click the about me. And that was about it. And so I started very bare bones. Um, but I think that, you know, Instagram these days with just it's it's a lot bigger than it was when I started my business. So I think Instagram, it's free and it's a really fantastic way to get your name out there. People tag you. So now you have that built in social following. So I do think that if you're just getting started, Instagram is a tremendous way to get your name out there. But also don't overlook the website portion as well, because that's there's so many benefits to having a website as well in terms of you looking a little bit more professional, in my opinion. Yeah, but I think the way you did it is uh, is fantastic because, like, yes, I think you do need a website, but exactly how you did it, I think, is the way that I would do it if I was starting my time again because it's like you you need to uh, grow uh, the business as you grow rather than, like, I've heard so many horror stories about new photographers who are starting out and the first thing they do is spend thousands on websites and thousands on oh, SEO know. and and then they're it's constantly catch up and uh, they're often discouraged early because it's not growing as uh, as fast as they would like it. The other thing uh, that I loved about what you're doing is uh, with that referral program, it kind of, to me, feels like you played the long game very early on. So you saw that you had these are like um they're juniors so they're around what 14 15 when you're first approaching them a little bit older so probably probably about 16 17 but then they're coming to you like the 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 actual seniors would be 17 18 right so you come in early and investing in in that relationship early which um i think is a fantastic idea i love the that that whole uh referral program because there's nothing better than um word of mouth to uh grow your business so i just want to go back to the model call what did that look like so if you didn't have 
uh, an Instagram uh, account? Are you starting with your friendship circle? Were you using Facebook? How did that look? And what what was the wording like for for that model call? And sorry, I asked long questions. No, um, I love it. <clears throat> the, yeah. Um, so I think- because you're talking about that when you're um, starting that referral program, uh, they are also paying for their shots. So are you uh, offering them something for free and then giving them the option to buy further prints? Just how does all of that look? Yeah, so we'll just make a quick distinction. So for the mock call, that was just something free that I was doing just to build my portfolio in the beginning. So what I was doing there is really looking for individuals using my in-person networking connections. And then as I kind of had, you know, a couple people to start with that I could then post on Instagram and actually say, Hey, I am a photographer. Here's the quality of work that I've been able to produce so far. Then I was able to reach out to say their friends on social media and that sort of thing. And I really started once again, kind of going back to that long game thing with sophomores and juniors. So people that are removed one to two years from actually getting their senior portraits done, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times, at least in, in my neck of the woods, the way that it works is they're actually getting their senior photos done prior to their senior year starting. So if you're marketing to seniors, they've already booked and they've already done their senior photos. So they don't need a photographer, but if you're working with sophomores and juniors, then they know who you are. They know your name recognition. So that's that, which I think is a, a phenomenal way. But I, in-person networking is always something that I think shouldn't be overlooked. And yeah. then once you have a few images, go to Instagram and, and ask your the models or the seniors and high schoolers that you worked with before for three to five recommendations of a friend that would be good to work with. So that's a great kind of tidbit right there that's something I did. When we talk about that senior rep program, yeah, those are the paying clients. So those are the people that I'm really investing into and giving a lot to because I know that they're in turn also going to invest in me. Um, But I think that really just reaching out via Instagram is a phenomenal way once you've had that portfolio because you can just reach so many more people and putting out ads on Instagram stories, um, asking if they want to be a part of something exclusive, I think that that's something everyone wants right. to be a part of that exclusive club. And so I kind of almost framed it like that in the beginning a lot. So, but what are you offering um, those uh, people to to join that network? So it is like, okay, so you guys do this for me. This is what you'll receive. How does that look? Yeah. So in the beginning, what I do is I put out an application and on that application it also has some of the info of what they're going to get so it lists you know how many shoots they're going to get um in the beginning i actually offered a little bit of a an incentive mm-hmm. so you know, like 10 percent off of of their collections it, once they were a senior stuff like if they bring a friend to me 50 dollar print credit uh, or even $50 cash, you can do that because they're kind of one in the same, really, once you get to the in-person sale. Yep. Stuff like exclusive group events. So something that I've done in the past few years um, is we have something called Top Golf, and it's basically like an arcade driving range. And so once a year with the team, we actually just go there and basically just hit golf balls and it, it really just make it a fun group outing. 
wine. So you can do stuff like that, pizza parties, ice cream parties. Um, if you guys, you know, are in an area where you guys where hiking is big, that's big for us, you know, doing a group hike. So you can do stuff that are like exclusive team events with them. Um, I have them. Another incentive is they get my brand T-shirt. So something that says like class of 2021 for my girls this year. And that's not something that I offer to anybody else. So offering kind of those exclusives. So not only does it appeal to the senior, but it also appeals to the parent in kind of that fine in those financial aspects to get them on on board because the parent is just as important as the senior. And then of course we'll do multiple shoots throughout the year and they get their senior session as well. Um, and so, uh, sorry to interrupt are the, are the shoots during the year, are they, uh, offered as, um, uh, a free uh, as a gift or is it, um, all paid for? So, so what, what are you luring them in with? What, what's, what, what are you dangling in front of them as by come and join my so, group? What, what are they yeah, getting? So Everything that I just mentioned, that's basically free for them. So they're not right. actually paying any additional for that. Yeah. So, so like those a shoots, monthly session? I wouldn't say month. I usually do about, um, in the end, it works out to about five to six because they're with me for about a year and a half, but it only takes place once every about three months, I kind of say is, is the average. So we'll do usually uh, a winter shoot. So that we did this year, it was kind of a cool New Year's Eve theme shoot. Um, in the spring we'll do some sort of theme. We, I, I'll usually brainstorm it with them. And then in the summer, um, big holiday for us in the States is America, uh, is July 4th. So we do kind of an Americana theme for that. We'll also do stuff, uh, project beauty, which is a no makeup, no retouching shoot, kind of going back to, to my why, which is empowering these individuals and yeah. showing that no matter what they look like, they don't have to look a certain way to be beautiful um, and kind of building up that self-esteem in them. And then what we'll also do is uh, another shoot in closer to when they're going to graduate, which is kind of a cap and gown graduation yeah. shoot, best friends shoot. And so really they're getting about four to five shoots. And if, you know, there's a concept that pops into my head, then we'll add that shoot on. So they're really getting not necessarily monthly, but a good chunk of shoots just for being a part of that senior team. Okay, so the, 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 you're giving them uh, all this content that they can post to their own social media, and the, so you're giving them the, the the files, or are you giving them prints? And uh, I notice that you will also uh, have a contract that you send out, which uh, asks that uh, if you're in this uh, program, then when you post anything, you need to be tagged. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So that that's, is a, that's a fantastic a great, point. great, great uh, technique. Love it. Yeah. And so I'm just giving them, uh, I just use sticky folios. It's super cool. It basically loads right onto their home screen. It makes it super easy for them to access. They can share with their friends and family. And then when they do post on social media, um, these are just website files. So I'm not giving them high res right. files or anything right. like that. But that allows them, you can watermark it. And when they share, that's basically built in word of mouth for you. It is. So it's now, like advertising. It's fantastic. Exactly. So you have, because seniors these days are so driven by content. Everyone is their own brand. Even yeah. seniors who don't even have anything to sell are their own brands right now. Um, they all curate their feeds very meticulously and when you have content that is high quality they're going to want to shout it from the roofs 
And so now what they're doing is they're posting and they are contractually obligated to tag me and give me photo credit. So now my name is attached to their images and you basically are reaching tens of thousands of people because their networks are so large these days. Yes. This would work in the business world for, say, uh, so not necessarily just um, uh, team portraits, but you could do it with uh, uh, social media influencers. Like you could have a similar oh, club. It's like, hey, guys, uh, you know, I'm going to give you these images. Uh, the thing is, it's like how, how you would um, have – there is no graduation year, so you'd need to work out a way to um, – have that final because when they graduate then that's when you do the in-person sales and that's where you, you're selling the packages is that right it usually takes place a little bit before then um so kind of just to kind of give everyone a timeline so senior portraits in where i am essentially take place the summer right before their senior year so for individuals who are going to graduate this summer say 2020, they've actually already taken their photos about four to five months ago. Right. So that's kind of where we start. And then really with the individuals who are on my senior team, I've had them since their junior, like basically the fall of their junior year. So I'm with them for about a year and a half. The ordering session for me takes place right after their individual senior session. And the reason that I do that is that I don't want to hold their images hostage for the entire year because now that's content that they miss out on posting for the next class of seniors. Right. So what I'm doing is I'm doing it right after their senior session within a week or two weeks. And that also capitalizes on the emotion that they feel and the excitement that they feel for being able to see their images because they don't actually get to see their images except for one or two sneak peeks prior to all that. And the sneak peeks are simply for that instant gratification that they love. And sometimes I'll repost their sneak peeks, their shit, their parents will be sharing those sneak peeks. But I do that ordering session right after their senior session. And that's mainly just to capitalize on momentum and make sure that I'm giving them their digital images if they purchase them prior to them starting senior year so that they can then spend that entire year posting. And every Sunday is something called Senior Sunday on Instagram. So now they're posting your images almost weekly. So now you're getting even more exposure and more kind of built-in word-of-mouth referral um, or influencer marketing, as we called it, simply because they're going to post every Sunday because it's this arbitrary social media trend that is a thing right now. Fantastic. So just... Because, you know, some people could be uh, listening to this and thinking, wow, he's given away an awful lot of content. Uh, what sort of uh, conversion rates are you getting with, with uh, purchases of, of images at, at the end of these uh, sessions? So uh, what would be the average number of uh, shots you take for a senior session? And uh, what's the sort of average uh, package sale that you're getting? Yeah, so that's a really great question and something that, you know, people, uh, when I work with them and, and mentor them, sometimes they give away way too much in terms of product ahead of time or give off way too many discounts for their senior sessions or for their senior teams, excuse me, that they're not actually making anything. So in terms of the group shoots, I only provide them with about eight to 10 
10 kind of on the upper limit, web-sized images for sharing. And the really key distinction to make is that these are all part of group events. So I'm only working with each individual 10 to 15 minutes maybe. Right. And so now their senior session is actually like that really the big deal. It's like a two and a half hour session all about them. Yep. So they feel they have, you know, professional hair and makeup done. You, I have um, my hair and makeup artists come with me on location yep. for lip and hair changes. So it's a completely different experience. They get yes. me fully versus splitting time between six, seven, eight other people for that one group shoot. Um, for our last group shoot, we had 21 people. So now they were splitting time with 21 individuals. And so that senior experience, they still want those images because that's uh, that's them. That's the time that I got to work with them one-on-one. So, so that one-on-one, groups, sorry to interrupt, Sean, that, that one-on-one session is more um, a bespoke. It's catered to them. And, and uh, so you, you, the, the images would be kind of next level I'd imagine so because you exactly. have that time to work with them and style them and and but here's here's the thing I love about this lead up to the senior session uh, because uh, often when I'm working uh, with uh, on, on cast photography you know we, we, we get um, each actor comes along uh, you know individually so I get time to uh, work with them through the day and then by the end of the day when I'm doing the group shot I do the other way around I've already worked out what their angles are and where they look and how to direct and how to pose them uh, based on their individual personalities. So you're doing the same thing with your seniors. You've got this almost like a year or even more in some cases lead up where you get to know their personality because sometimes it takes a couple of goes uh, working with someone before you sort of uh, find their find them did, did you know what i mean you totally. find their light you find their side you go oh, right now this this shape face works best at this angle and so i i love that i think it's a, oh, totally. a great yeah. way to, to to build up a sort of rapport and and that connection yeah and it's so funny because I, I i think almost after every single one of their individual sessions they turn to me and they go oh my goodness this was like the most fun shoot ever. And I go, well, yeah, this is your, these are your senior portraits. This is all about you today. Um, and so really I haven't seen it hit my sales that I'm giving away too much right. because it's all about them and it shows that you're invested in, in who they are and you're not just there to make a quick buck. So you are giving to them, um, but you're also giving them an experience and they're willing to pay for that. So I think if you're seeing your sales be hit because you're giving too much well first evaluate are you giving too much or are you you know are you giving too much in terms of money off incentives or that sort of thing if they work i'll send you know if they're going to bring me a $2500 client i will gladly pay them $50 to bring them to me yeah. um just because it's such a good ROI but then all of a sudden if you're giving, you know, 50% off here and then they also get $100 for posting and, you know, it starts to add up and that sort of thing. So I think the first is to evaluate, you know, are you giving too much content wise or are they getting 12 shoots before their individual senior session and have no incentive to buy their senior photos or are you striking that right balance and not giving away too much but also incentivizing them that they want to invest back in you as well. 
Fantastic. So in that two and a half hour senior session that you're doing, how many how many looks are you creating for them, and uh, what what's sort of the average sale based on that shoot? Yeah. So for the individual shoot, or for the are we talking the group shoots or the individual? No, the individual, like the you know the final, yeah. the hero <laughs> shoot. The hero, the hero yeah. shoot. I love it. Yeah. Um, usually, I am I'm a notorious overshooter, Gina. Yeah. Let me just say that That's I a good shoot thing. way too yeah. much, and you. I try to narrow it down to about forty-five to sixty of my favorite images of theirs, and we usually shoot about five outfits. That's kind of the the sweet number for me. So about eight to 10 photos from each outfit. Um, and that, you know, that makes sure that you're, you're not being burnt out or anything like that. So we get about five looks. Um, and for my average sale kind of going along that question, really it's just a matter of how you structure your prices. So usually I'm selling my top or my second from the top collection with the digital images in it every single time because those are your premium products as a senior photographer everyone wants the digital images to post yeah so really i'm you know that client who's been with me a year and a half even though i've given them a lot they're they're usually about on average a 22 to 2500 client for right. me and so that's you know after working if i do three or four additional shoots with them and you know, six hours of my time split between you know eighteen to twenty girls is kind of what I have on my senior teams on average. That's a really good ROI. So I'm willing to give that time in exchange yep. for them also helping to market me as well with those images. So, um, but that leading up to that senior shoot is kind of the the pinnacle shoot, and so that's kind of right around the number of looks that they're going to get, and then kind of what I'm going to generate in, in sales as well after that as a result of that. Fantastic. And just on those free uh, shoots that you're doing uh, through the year with them, are you more focused on creating additional folio for yourself during that time? Because I know you've, you're doing large groups and you've only got them for 15 minutes, but are you trying to, trying to get extra, uh, you know, great looking shots or are you still, are you catering more to their needs? So I'm absolutely, those group shoots, as much as they're about them, they're just as much about me. Yep. So their senior session, that's all about them. If they want to, dude, if they want to put on a bright pink shirt, I'll tell them that it's probably not going to look great and it's going to have light reflecting on them. But if they are set on that, they are set on that. With these group shoots, I'm going to actually put together a mood board on Pinterest and I'll, I'll kind of throw out ideas. So, you know, this last year we did one that was uh, called Bold Boho. So that was kind of this bohemian, free people feel to their photos. But it's very different than what they're going to wear for their senior photos. And one of the things that I make sure to do for those group group shoots is style it a little bit differently than they would their actual senior photos. So it almost incentivizes them to buy those senior photos a little bit more because it's like, yeah, that was a really cool shoot, but it wasn't necessarily 100% them. Right. And one of the cool things is, is it's not necessarily for portfolio, but I also submit these to industry-leading publications as well. So now what I can say is, oh, yeah, and we're going to submit this for publication to, say, Senior Style Guide magazine. And now they're in a printed magazine, whereas if you had just done, you know, a shoot with white t-shirts and jeans, yeah. nothing stand out about it, 
then it's not necessarily as likely to be published. So it's kind of uh, serving as not necessarily um, a portfolio, but something that's a little bit different for me, something that I can use to market with in a yeah. way that, you know, this is a different style shoot. And then also getting them published too. Um, so, you know, putting together a shoot that's not necessarily senior photo-esque, but still has an element of fashion and, and kind of creative styling involved with it. Fantastic. So, yeah, I love that you're like for the seniors, they're getting all this great content, but you're also making sure that you're getting a lot of content that you can use to promote yourself. So it's kind of win-win. I love that. And so during the year, you would probably experiment on, you know, different lighting styles and different themes as well to just keep your folio uh, evolving and uh, keeping oh, up with the times. Totally, yeah, yeah, fantastic. I love that. That's uh, that's all really good. Um, all right. So uh, you've got some other uh, great um, tips on uh, how to uh, handle sort of uh, you know the, the sort of the business side of things. And you're you're big on uh, getting stuff, uh, batching, and um, having uh, templates for emails and and things like that. So do you want to talk about that for a sec? Yeah. So just to give everyone a little background about myself. Had it not been for outsourcing or templating or anything like that, I would have been up to my neck in work. And so essentially what it was, was last or two years ago, I photographed Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. And at the time I was traveling a lot. So I would basically be on a plane for various reasons, whether that was uh, a destination shoot or just going to visit friends out of town. I would leave Friday and get back Monday. Mm. So essentially that doesn't leave me much time to answer inquiries. It doesn't leave me much time to edit the photos because I'm basically, you know, I also have to put in those order sessions in the week somewhere as well. Mm. And so now my Monday, my mornings are filled with in-person sales and my evenings are filled with shoots. And so I, I realized I was like, I have to let something go. And, and one of the very first things that I did was I got a, a CRM or a studio management software. Uh, and essentially what I did was write a bunch of emails that I was spending a lot of time writing originally. So when somebody reaches out to me, what email do they need when they first inquire? What information do I need to send them? What, when they book, you know, sending a session confirmation with their session time, where we're going to meet, those sorts of things. Follow up emails about what to wear or what to expect. Um, sending them a link to my my client HQ, which is essentially a page on my website that's um, private, that's exclusive exclusively for them, that has a bunch of information about um, you know frequently asked questions and what to do and where to go and all the stuff that they're going to ask me, sending those, e having those emails in place that send out automatically without me even having to do anything. So that was the very first thing. So now I take an email off my plate for the most part. And the second thing was editing. Hmm. Editing takes so much time. And as a business person, it doesn't really make sense for me to spend, let's say 10 hours editing when in that 10 hours I could spend working with, you know, three to five clients. Right. And so now what I'm doing is I'm maximizing my time a lot better. And for, you know, I, for my whole year of editing, I only have to shoot about one to two additional seniors 
to pay for that entire year of editing. Right. And so it makes a lot of financial sense and a lot of time sense for you to free yourself in a lot of ways that you don't necessarily need to be doing. So now what I can do is focus on the aspects of my business that I solely need to be involved with. So doing um, a lot of video production this year in terms of we're trying out the whole vlogging thing. Well, for, for the with seniors, seniors as well, you're giving them vlogs as well. Are they yeah, like so we're a bespoke vlogging. sort of um, videos as well? Yeah, so we're doing like the whole vlog thing basically. And, you know, that's a, a great way to, to market, but that's something that I have to be the face of because they want to see how it is working with me. What I don't need to do is I don't need to handle the video editing right. for it. So I actually, I send it off to a video editor and have them do it all for me. And I hire a videographer to come and do all that work for me. Um, so in a lot of ways, I'm focusing on what I need to be doing or what I'm better at doing for my business and outsourcing. And, and I think it's all about, you know, a lot of people might say, well, I don't have the money to spend on a studio management software. I don't have the money to edit. I definitely don't have the money to outsource, uh, like, you know, do a videographer for behind the scenes of my shoots or anything like that. But my response is you don't have the money or you have the money and you can't afford not to right. because you're going to make it a backup immensely in the back end. So figure out everything in your business that you're doing every single day or every single client and pick, you know, one to three of those to kind of get rid of in 2020 and figure out a system that you can do to make it more efficient. So um, whether that be, you know, email templates or outsourcing, making sure that your your video production is getting taken care of, anything that is going to help you be a more efficient business owner is something that's really, it took me really about five, six years in business to figure out, yeah. but it's been so rewarding since. With the uh, video editing, are you outsourcing that offshore or is that a, a local company? How does that work? A little bit of both. Yeah. yeah so um, for some, uh, for some, it's easier for me to just have lo local videographers on staff yeah. or on, not on staff, but on, you know, on yeah, call on basically call, yeah. for various shoots. And they sometimes take care of the editing and the video production. Other times I'll send it on off to an individual I found on upwork.com. Yeah. So this is, you know, you can really reach out to a global audience. Yeah. So there are tons of ways to figure out, you know, if you want to do it locally or if you want to outsource it offshore, like you said, which is another really great option as well, because um, you can usually find a little bit cheaper labor and you just have to work a little bit harder to find somebody who's quality, right. but it's a lot less expensive than, say, if I were to to keep it in the States. Yeah. So the when you found video editors, how many did you have to go through before you found one that actually <laughs> was good? Too many. Yeah. Too many, Gina. A lot. It's yeah. a lot of work, isn't it? So, but but is, you still but... think it's worth it if you find someone and you just you, you kind of need to train them up to how you like to do it. But is, is it worth totally. it? Totally. It is. And going along alongside kind of the template question, you know, what I did for my video team is I actually put together a PDF yep. of my brand guidelines. Right. So now all that I do is I work with a new video editor. I have everything for my vlog. It's basically templated in that way where I send them the PDF and it tells them exactly what fonts to use. It tells them what music to yeah. use that's pre-approved. It tells them um, how to export, what sizes, what dimensions, where to send the files, 
how to repurpose the content. So, you know, if I need a 15 second clip for Instagram or TikTok or anything like that, yeah. I have that. So I'm building those systems in place that when I do have to outsource it, rather than me spending two, three hours going back and forth with them about what I'm looking for, I can send them a PDF that has all of that information right there and have them refer to past examples. And usually they're pretty good about getting that dialed in almost immediately. I love that. And so again, it's uh, you're very big on playing the long game, uh, Sean. So you, you're going to invest this time uh, in the editors at the start and uh, have everything in place, and then you'll get the the great results uh, after that. Fantastic. Uh, I just uh, on the TikTok. So obviously that would be a fantastic place to market to teens because that's where they all are. Yeah. So you're yeah, using and it's still it. something How are you that I'm, using TikTok? So you can just post videos. You don't need to lip sync or anything like that. You can, nope. There are people doing tutorials on TikTok. Yeah, I think if I were to be one of the lip syncing people on TikTok, I think I would lose a lot of followers, mm, Gina, like mm. a lot. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's um, so really what I'm doing is in the beginning, I've been on TikTok for roughly about, I want to say about four years now back when it was musically. Wow. And I really just started with repurposing video content that I already had. So what that looked like was for the shoots, I was doing behind the scenes on Instagram and Snapchat, and I would just save my whole story, upload it to TikTok, um, basically speed it up. They have a, an option that you can like 2X or 3X your video, speed yeah. it up basically, overlay some music, and then what I would do is I would actually just post, save that, post it to Twitter as well and say, hey, go check out the Instagram stories. And now what I did is had a piece of Twitter content, a piece of Instagram content and a piece of uh, musically TikTok content that I was all basically kind of cross promoting and or and cross posting basically to various platforms with slightly differentiated content because yep. uh, Instagram stories is native. The TikTok content that was formerly Instagram stories is now repurposed with a song over it and just it looks different. Yep. And then you have a, a tweet also telling them about the Instagram story if they miss that. So doing that, I've really playing around with it uh, recently in the past six months with a lot more of the trends and stuff. So figuring out, you know, what's trending on the platform and how can I apply that to photography. Yep. So that's been kind of a new new game. But if you know if you're just starting out, you're probably already doing Instagram stories yep. to an extent, hopefully. Yep. Um, figure out, you know, just putting that in TikTok and repurposing it. Because it is a great platform. It's a little bit trickier in terms of, you know, reaching people right in your immediate area. Yep. But I do think that it's important to have a brand presence on there right now for senior photographers, especially as the platform starts to pick up even more momentum this year. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the, the stats on it. Snapchat has about, these, these are outdated stats. These were the most recent I could find, but 2019 quarter one, Snapchat had about 200 million daily active users. Right. And they're mostly under TikTok. 30, right? Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. The demographic was 16 to 24, made yep. up about, I believe it was 81% of TikTok. Yep. yep. And now in 
you know, 2020 or yeah, 2020, 500 million active users. And it's the number one app in the Apple app store. So to not bank on TikTok being a major player in the next 12 to 24 months, I think is a huge under um, valuation for, for that a lot of photographers might end up um, doing. So it's just a matter of put the stuff out there and you'll figure it out as you go along. You know, you, you, you work out what's working and what's not, I guess. But yeah, the, totally. the, it can't hurt to just uh, secure you, secure that account and, um, and post and see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, if, if it's just a quick behind the scenes video and then you throw in a finished photo, that's actually super popular on TikTok and is working really well for photographers um, behind the scenes editing. So those are two types of posts right there that don't take a lot of additional work. And it's really just as simple as taking a behind the scenes video and then you already have the finished product, really. Fantastic. And just uh, just to finish off, I just want to ask you uh, a couple of questions about your uh, shooting technique. So in these uh, uh, senior shoots that you're doing where you've got two and a half hours, are you how are you working to get those uh, shots in there quickly? Do you work with an assistant? You said that you've got hair and makeup on set. Um, are you finding like locations where you've got uh, a lot of good content uh, close by how, how does that look how do you plan each shoot are you batching them are you doing like five seniors in, in a day how does that all oh work? no i i would i would be exhausted if i did yeah. that no it's they get they get my full time one senior a day right and i like to say that i have the best built-in assistant in the world and it's called senior's mom that oh, is mom, that what you use you use the mom as a as a um an assistant they are the best reflector holders in the world, let Fantastic. me tell you. They just want to be so involved. This is such a big time for them and their daughter or son, and they just want to be involved. They are so willing to hold reflectors. They are so willing to, you know, if you want to tell mom, hey, you're on beauty duty, and your job is to make sure, you know, if, if stray hairs are getting in the way, grab them. And so they're an amazing assistant. Um, but if my hair and makeup artist is on duty are on location with me as well i'll have them do reflector i'll hand them my phone i'll have them do behind the scenes instagram story posts so i literally just have to focus on shooting yeah and that's so, something that takes so much weight off my shoulders yep. and uh for the seniors what i'm doing is i'm only shooting one a day but what i do is i make sure that we're shooting at the right time of day so i usually shoot in the golden hour i'm a natural light photographer mm -hmm. because if i use strobe I, it would slow me down so much and I'm a very quick paced dude. And so really what I do is, you know, we get to a location and ideally we'll shoot about two to three locations that are within no more than about 10 to 15 minutes driving of each other. Right. And what that allows me to do is really maximize my shooting time, but also get a variety of locations. So usually what we'll do is we'll start out, they'll get hair and makeup done. We're right downtown to start out. And now what we do is we head do a couple urban looks, two to three, and then we'll drive to one natural location, maybe two natural lo locations if they're close. And we'll finish off with everything that they want, which is usually, usually golden hour in the fields yeah, and the beach. <laughs> they all want it. Um, sometimes I'll get really lucky and have one person that just wants urban, which yeah. is so like different for me that I don't get to shoot a lot because everyone wants the natural components yeah. and I love it. So we usually just, you know, stay within a 
five to 10 minute walking radius and they're, you know, you turn one corner in an urban location and it looks so different. So I am working to try and maximize those locations like you mentioned. Fantastic. That And so you're shooting natural light, do you, obviously long lenses and um, do, do, how much... Um, how much is your input into the style and the look of the shot? Because you say that they're, they're asking for these particular locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you trying to steer them towards, you know, different looking shots or are you happy to just let them um, dictate how the shoot will go? I wouldn't ever say that I steer them in a certain direction. I definitely give my input in yep. terms of um, what I do is I send them a senior style questionnaire about two weeks before their shoot once again automated don't have to touch it yep um and it just has a list a couple of the key questions are you know what are you envisioning for your senior senior portraits so it's kind of an open-ended question that gives me a lot of information i ask them what types of locations they want to they want and you know it can either do urban natural or a mix of both and then i have another question that says what on my Instagram have you seen that you're drawn to? And that gives me another good indication too, because if they like really, really, uh, you know, those flowy bohemian styles versus something that's like a leather jacket, that's a little bit more urban esque. Well, it, when they, when we're talking about styling their photos, I'm going to be making sure that they have those types of outfits in their wardrobe. And so what I do is I send them a what to wear guide And this has basically a bunch of information about what colors work well, um, what types of outfits work well in which locations. And then it also has um, what do's and don'ts. So like, don't do this, you know, don't wear bright fluorescent stuff and do make sure that you have a variety of colors. One One of my big do's is make sure that you have color in yours. So if it basically, if somebody comes to me with all black and all white, I know that that is not representative of my style. I like a lot of color in my imagery. And so I'll actually say, hey, let's try and introduce more of these colors. Did you look at your skin tone guide to figure out what colors work best for you and send them back? And I actually have them text me photos of their outfits laid out on the floor so I can get an idea of what they're looking at. And then I kind of start using my location scouting knowledge as well as their outfits is kind of the starting point for yeah. figuring out what locations will pair well with which outfits. So in that sense, they have input on the style that they're, that they want their photos. But I ultimately know that the locations and the outfits that we're going to photograph in those locations are going to come together in a way that fits the style that they've seen and that they have hired me and trusted me to provide for them. Fantastic. And I, I just uh, remembered the bit about the, when, when you've got the mum coming in and holding the reflector, that's also a, a great way get getting the uh, family involved like that because it's mum's paying for the prints, right? It is mum paying for the prints. I, I have really yet to have a senior pay for, yeah, for their portraits. Right. So if mum's yeah. there on set, she's involved in the shoot. She's got ownership of that shoot. It's like she was a part of it. So when it comes oh, to totally. buying those, uh, she's invested already in the shoot because she's going to want those um, images because like 
I, I lit that because <laughs> that's what I'd be yeah. saying if I was the mum holding. Yeah, that shot looks so good because of the way I held the reflector. So I need to have that <laughs> on my wall so when, you know, the neighbours come over, I can go, hey, check out check out the shot I did of my girl. <laughs> and I always tell the mom, one of my, my best overused jokes is I tell the senior, I go, yeah, your photos are only going to look good because your mom held the reflector yes, in the right spot. exactly. Yeah. But I and think that's really clever. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd be loving it. They'd be loving being part of the whole, uh, you know, it's it sounds like you really give uh, a rock star or a supermodel experience to these teens. And that's, that's another way to brand yourself, you know, as a luxury brand, uh, as opposed to someone who might be uh, super cheap, but the shoot feels uh, super cheap as well, because it's like, yeah, no, I don't have a makeup artist. You just yep. need to, like, yeah, just fix your hair a bit and uh, we'll do our best. So, and, yeah. And going off of that comment, the, you know, the cheap experience, cheap prices, one of the, the biggest things that I always kind of preach on when I teach is if you are wondering what you can do to elevate the feel of your experience the very first thing that you should do is look at your pricing. And the reason for that is that your brain, um, I don't know if any of you guys are sociology, psychology people, but your brain has something that it does called a heuristic. And what that is, is it's a shortcut that it makes over time. And one of the examples I love to use, because we're all photographers and we get it, is I compare it a, a $300 tripod to a $30 tripod. Without knowing anything about those tripods, without knowing anything about the brand or, or the materials or anything like that, you inherently say that that $300 tripod is a higher quality tripod. Mm. And your clients are doing the exact same thing with photography pricing as well. So that $150 photographer that gives all the digitals mm. is always going to be seen as a lesser quality experience than that $1,500 photographer that might also give digitals um, or, you know, a similar product because inherently our brains associate a higher cost with higher quality. And so I always use the phrase, if you're a really great photographer, but you're priced to the low or kind of that middle of the road pricing, your your clients are always going to think that it's a mediocre experience or a me uh, that you're a mediocre photographer versus I could be a really high priced photographer and I might not be the best photographer in the world, but my clients are going to see it as a higher value experience as long as you are working to make sure that you're providing that high value experience. So I always kind of like to throw that in there. If you're stuck on, you know, do I raise my prices? I want to create a luxury experience, but I want to be affordable. Think about that too and how that plays into your overall brand. Yeah, and if you come in, and, because a lot of uh, new photographers starting out will go, okay, what I'll do is I'm going to um, undercut all the other photographers in my area by a lot so I get all the work and then I'll put my prices up. Unfortunately, once you come in as the cheap photographer, it's like you've stepped in something that sticks to you yep. <laughs> and you cannot shake that off. It's like the, 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 you will always be the cheap photographer um, forever. So it's uh, I don't think it's a very good strategy. The only way coming in cheap works, there are companies that do it, you need to do volume. 
volume yeah you know so it's just like the uh the budget brand of uh t-shirts the way they make money is they sell huge volumes you know so uh, yeah. if you want to do that and come in at a, a cheap uh entry point then you know you you'd need to be shooting tons and tons and tons of stuff just to make uh any decent coin Oh, amazing, Sean. There's been so much uh, great information um, in this uh, interview. I, I love everything that you have to say. Is there anything that uh, I haven't mentioned that you'd like to mention? I think I think you're good. You know, I um, have a ton of educational resources up on my photography site. If you guys are, you know, blog posts and that sort of thing, just Sean Brown productions.com um but i try to be a pretty open book and i absolutely loved being on the podcast gina thank you so much fantastic and you do have uh some fantastic products so you've got the a free download how to break into senior photography starter kit which is just chock-a-block with uh great content so uh i've put a link in the show notes and also i've got links to all your socials uh sean brown productions i think you've got the same name sean brown photo on twitter uh, Sean Brown Productions Facebook, yeah, so fantastic. All I'd those links. Try to be consistent, yeah. And uh, you also have a podcast, uh, Senior Style Guide, Real Talk, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, covers a, a lot of the topics that we talked about uh, as well. So yeah, thanks so much, Sean. I wish you uh, continued success, and I'd love to have you back on. I feel like we only sort of, uh, you know, just got into the tip of it here. I'd love to go into more detail at a later stage with you. I'd love to. So thank you so much, Gina. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Sean. All right, there you go. So that was Sean Brown. And if you want to find out more about Sean, go to Sean, S-E-A-N, SeanBrownProductions.com. And of course, he's also on Instagram as Sean Brown Productions. How cool that he's been able to make such a successful business out mm. of shooting portraits. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's always loved hearing about people's success stories, Val. Yeah, definitely. All right, so what's happening in your world until we speak again? Oh, shooting, editing. I'm about to, when I get off this call, I'm about to do a night editing session. So mm. I'm just planning. I, I'm excited, Val. You know how much I love uh, just being in my space and being able to edit images because it's kind of like uh, I'm editing headshots. So yes, I am thinking while I'm doing it, but I'm not. I can I can do it and still Netflix at the same time, and this is oh, why yeah, it makes that. me so happy. It is my mm. happy place, as opposed mm. to say if I'm writing uh, for the newsletter or stuff like that. I have to put my whole heart into it. But now I can. I love to be able to binge watch. So uh, I've got uh, quite a few shows on the go at the moment. So and I might even just treat myself to a movie, Val. Wow. Okay. Uh, maybe what continue. Movie are you well, watch? I um I have I've started The Irishman. Oh, yeah. uh, and interestingly enough, the um, the um, AI in that movie, which uh, ages people backwards, if that makes any sense, is okay. uh, quite amazing the way they've made everyone look like they were 30 years oh. younger on film. So, the, you know, okay. this is the future of film. It's a, it's a bit wrong town, but you get used mm-hmm. to it after a while and they do things like uh, make them wear wigs so that they mm. don't, you know, they can um, change the, the faces really easily. And I think they've got dots on their face um. so that the, the, the guys that are doing the AI can do that easily. So, oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, but that's um, uh, a great movie. So uh, I, might, I might keep watching that tonight. 
What about okay, you? Okay, fantastic. What am I up to? Well, I am, as you've heard me in the previous episode, I am knee-deep now that the juggernaut has started for the Sydney Lunar Festival. Yeah. And if you are new to this podcast, um, I'm the City of Sydney's curator of the festival. And there's going to be so many events, hundreds of events all over the city and in Chinatown and in Circular Quay, right on the foreshores of Sydney Harbour, um, art exhibitions. So I'm going to be flat out until the festival is over. If uh, if you're in Sydney, it's from the 25th of uh, January until the 9th of February. Make sure that you don't miss the giant um, art installations that mm. will be at Circular Quay. And um, if you go to the website, sydneylunarfestival.com, you'll see a whole range of different activities. It's such a great place of colour and movement, so it's perfect for photographers. I know that a lot of photographers are around the town during that time and some, you know, create their own montages and videos just because there's just so much mm. to capture um, and there's going to be something that people are going to find, anyone is going to find interesting. You'll find something interesting no matter what you're interested in because it's that diverse. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm going to be Fantastic. doing. Fantastic. And one of those uh, large art installations, of course, that, that they celebrate all the uh, signs of the, the Zodiac. Zodiac. And mm. uh, you have created, and this is the first unveiling of the <laughs> giant rooster vowel. Uh, yes. And so, uh, yeah, that's it's worth making the trip just to yes, see so that. The, so, super so the exciting. art installations will be on display from the 31st. So they go from the 31st of January till the 9th of February. And, um, yeah, there's five-metre high public yeah. art installations. Um, a lot of blood, sweat and tears have gone into them. I've designed the rooster. Yeah. And um, it's going to be um, sort of near – it's going to be the nearest animal to the opera house. Yeah. So it will wow. be – That'll yes. be beautiful. What a fantastic backdrop. And then when it's um, finished, Val, it gets mm -hmm. stored somewhere. So we can bring it around, put it on my deck because I've always <laughs> wanted a giant cock on my deck, Val. I think it would be fantastic. Can we do that? Because it's sure. like, yeah, I'll happily store it for you. Okay, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> All right, on that note, yes. where do we find you online, Gina? You find me at ginamilitia.com. It's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. -I -I I'm at Gina Militia on all social media, so please uh, say hi. And if you want to take your photography to the next year, if you want this year to be the year where everything is easy, where you can take your lighting to the next level, know how to compose your photos, take the photos that you've always dreamed on then dreamed of then i would love to help you so go check out uh the gold community just head to genomilitia.com and click on join the community what about you val uh, you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, -O, on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be probably doing the most updates on Instagram with yeah. the Lunar Festival with a lot of behind-the-scenes stories and videos and shots as well. Um, and, of course, you'll find me at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. It's Valerie Cock-a-doodle-coo. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.